0: I'm Aiden Matthews,
1: and I'm Zach Snyder,
0: and welcome back to another YouTube podcast—the one-stop shop for anything and everything related to YouTube.
1: KK Bomba, bro.
0: That's not what you were supposed to say. Frick! You're screwing it up. Going, going to a podcast. Go, KK Bomba. <laughs> and then I expect things to work out okay. I thought,
1: I thought I could.
0: I don't think you thought at all, Zach. I, I, the,
1: the show where I don't think. <laughs> no thinking. No thinking involved. Empty. It's 1026 a.m. <laughs> it's a Wednesday. This is our second recording in the last few days at like early in the morning.
0: Yep. Because Zach actually gets up on time and Aiden has not gone to bed. <laughs> So nine or ten a.m. is actually relatively good. To be fair, we could have done it earlier, but a little thing called called Fortnite Season Five happened. Yo. Yeah. So that delayed this recording about maybe three hours or so. But uh, yeah.
1: I am. I am impressed and amazed at how into Fortnite I have gotten this year. Um, and I'm okay with it. Should have been fun.
0: Bro, me too. Me too. I've been it. on that bandwagon with you, whole way through. Same with Parker. Same with Jay. Yeah, just been on that Fortnite gang all the time. Season five looked dope as well. Realized that um, I play,
1: play it more like more. an RPG than I do, just like a battle royale. And I think that's what a lot of people that that shit on the game don't quite know about. But yeah, there's a lot of RPG mechanics, and that's kind of cool. A lot
0: of collecting, exp grinding. Stuff in between.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, stope all around. But, uh, what are we talking about today, Zach? Cause this was actually your idea. It's the reason we're recording one. It's so soon. That's
1: crazy. I thought we were going to do a Fortnite episode, but no, uh, instead there is a interesting little thing happening on Twitter. Uh, big YouTuber, Mr. Beast. If you guys have ever heard of him. He gives a lot of money to a lot of people. And, uh, Dude's got like millions of subscribers at this point. It's insane. Um, But he posted on Twitter. He said, I wish there was a way to invest in social media influencers. Long story short, he wants to invest in YouTubers. And he's willing to give some money to a small YouTuber for a percentage of their channel revenue. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Kind of some takes that we've seen on Twitter responding to it. And then... Our opinions on kind of investing in creators and a monetary standpoint, and then we'll probably touch on some MCN stuff a little bit because there's kind of a history. Because believe
0: it or not, we've never talked about MCN. Never networks really. Yeah, not even once. All the things we we could have had an episode on. That's that's one of them. Yeah, that just didn't just didn't happen. But first. The only network that actually matters. Yeah. The people who put it in the work day and night. The lovely sponsor. Awesome Creator Academy. With YouTube Starter Kit, if you're getting started on YouTube and you have a little bit of money to throw around, why not check out the YouTube Starter Kit? For $99, you get over $1,500 of value and dozens of downloads from templates for advanced YouTube thumbnails, channel artwork, end cards, and lower thirds. And all this other stuff as well. It's kind of like investing in yourself. <gasps> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Yo. you it back in.
0: You don't need no Mister Beast to get the to get the awesome Creator Academy YouTube starter kit, bro. That's just ninety nine dollars.
1: This is true. But if you...
0: you just pay one price, have unlimited access to future downloads as they come out, and you can check out the link in the description below for the show notes. And in doing so, <laughs> you'll be supporting another YouTube podcast.
1: Bro, but, but what if you don't want to invest in yourself and instead you want to invest in us, Aiden and Zach?
0: Are you in the shark tank? Are you in the shark tank? Are you you the shark, tank? shark tank.
1: If you don't have the $100 but you still want to support this podcast, you can become a supporter on Anchor itself at anchor.fm slash another dash YouTube dash podcast. You can support us financially at $1, $5, or $10 a month. In doing so, we'll read your name on the podcast. We'll make more episodes of the podcast, and we can line our pockets with your cash. It's just uh it's just that that epic.
0: We'll even give you a blowjob. I mean <laughs> wait, wait a second. Shout you out. Wait a second. Shout you Only out. Only
1: if you're podcasts. hot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Only hot investors. That's that's the that's the type of yeah. people we're looking for. If you're ugly Sorry. It's just the rule we've, uh, imposed <laughs> so. no ugly bitches. All right. Supporting the podcast. <laughs> it's just how it is, man. Cool. Thank you to, thank you to the boys for supporting the podcast. Thank you, by the way, to the boys who supported us on YouTube recently.
1: Yeah. So I'm logging into our YouTube account to see if we had any comments. Um, and because we're recording this early, we don't have any new ones right now. But I realize uh, our YouTube's Term of Service and Twitch DMCA video episode got a whole 57 views. Which, like, mm-hmm. uh, compared to literally everything on the, the channel, um, it is our most listened to episode by far. So, we appreciate you guys. Thanks for, for coming in. And it's like, there's a decent amount of people that stuck through that. So,
0: that's pretty cool. Like 21 minutes is the average duration yeah, of watch time. Yeah, which yeah. It's which is pretty good.
1: Better than nothing. I mean, it's a lot better. So, that's cool. We appreciate you guys. They
0: made it through the intro and, like, the ad, part of the topic even. Like, they, yeah. you know, they put in some listens, some hours. Um, so thank you to everybody who listens to that. And thank you for the two or three people that subbed. You probably didn't care as much about last week's episode, but maybe this one will be more interesting. Who knows? Yeah. Cause I imagine the people who subbed to us for Twitch and YouTube news probably doesn't want to hear about our 2020, but, uh, uh you know. Hey, there's some good shit in there too.
1: I agree.
0: Get what you take. But speaking of which, let's go ahead and hop right in to the topic. At hand, and I just want to read the original tweet mm. verbatim. Kind of, kind of give us a baseline here. It says, "Any? Oh no, I gotta go back. My bad. I wish there was a way to invest in social media influencers. I don't know anything about the stock market, and I find it boring. Like when I see a channel that I think will blow up, I wish I could just like buy shares in it or something. LOL. Any small YouTuber want to give me ten percent of your channel for like ten k or hundred k? Depends on your size." Let's run an experiment and see how it works. LOL. So, of course, uh, given that this is literally Mr. Beast and the amount of money mans was throwing around and has thrown around in the past, uh, the replies are, are insane. A lot of people talking about this, uh, most of it positive, but there's some negative stuff in here as well. So we're just going to kind of like gauge the reaction, talk about what we think about this personally. As well as just investing in YouTubers in general and what the MC in a network world looks like in 2020.
1: Yeah. So,
0: that sounds good. Stick around, you fuck. <laughs> We're we going to dive right in. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I agree. So it's, um, yeah, it's weird that we hadn't mentioned MCNs literally at all on this podcast in the past, uh, but we hadn't really had a reason to. I think the closest we got was, we may have mentioned that Machinima had like shut down at some point last year, but I I don't think we touched on it much. Long story short, uh, if you don't know what MCN is, it's a multi-channel network. They were, um, there's not many of them around now, or at least I don't hear about them that often, but in the earlier days of YouTube up to like the prime 2012 to 2015 spot when so many people could be partnered um, without having any kind of like regulations like we have now uh, these, these big corporations would come in and send an email or a comment to a YouTuber and be like, Hey, we want to represent you as kind of this, not only legal entity, but we're, we might have some resources to help you with your channel. We might give you more analytics to use. Uh, we might give you some money, but the, the basis of what ended up happening with a lot of them was they would use kind of smaller creators to get a percentage of their monthly revenue from YouTube and line their pockets with it, and then the smaller YouTubers, by and large, would not get a whole lot out of the, the MCN.
0: And typically, these would be in the form of long contracts that you would be obligated to be stuck in for two or three years. Mm-hmm. And depending if you had blown up in that time, let's say, or really popped off with the video... Well, those terms don't really change and you're still paying a good portion of your money to an MCN and uh, depending on your size, a lot of the features that they offer might not even necessarily be worth it to you. Uh, One of the only big things they advertise was like, we could help you with copyright stuff or we could give you assets for your channel or we could connect you to someone from YouTube and sometimes they were valid and sometimes they legit offered stuff Uh, But in the case of Machinima and a lot of these bigger ones where we're talking about thousands and thousands of channels, uh, there was really no honest to goodness help being had at any of these networks. And most of it was strictly for monetary purposes, which granted, like back then, there was literally no other way you could have made money. (laughs) Getting 10% of your profits is better than zero. But clearly, as YouTube eased up on it, the need for these kind of networks with these big, long and lengthy contracts Uh, just weren't seen as something you needed anymore because we found out they were manipulative and YouTube finally got their shit together and has an outlined plan for how to get partnered and how to make money.
1: Exactly. It's like when we were in the wild west of YouTube, it kind of made sense for a gaming YouTuber to partner with Machinima. They get a little bit of exposure by uploading some of their videos onto their main Machinima channel. They get maybe you know a little bit of that revenue, but again, not much. Um, there were certain bigger creators like PewDiePie who was under, uh, MCN that Disney owned, um, maker, maker studios. Yeah. And they would help facilitate kind of like big boy projects that PewDiePie could get involved with. Like the YouTube red show that he did back in the day, uh, getting on the talk show hosts, like all those kind of things. Um, But again, that's like if you're a bigger creator. And even then, like some bigger creators were having bigger issues with these MCNs. I remember Ray William Johnson back in his heyday. He was with Maker Studios, if I'm not mistaken. And he had to get out of his contract because they were forcing him to do certain things creatively that he didn't like. And it ended up causing him to lose... Um, a lot of his creative projects at the time because he signed a contract and they ended up owning the rights to a lot of, a lot of his creative endeavors.
0: Yeah. And while that system has kind of died out, we do still very much see it in the social media content creation world. Uh, the easiest example I can point to is these platform deals. We see a lot on Twitch and other live streaming services. Where a platform will kind of pay to keep you there and mm-hmm. make you sign a contract so that they could use your name and brand and their advertising and stuff like that. Um, and esports, esports is another big agency Definitely. where like that happens a ton. Uh, and even if you end up exploding or getting bigger, you might still have to go through that same company because you originally sold some of your creative rights over to them. Um, not saying that all of these agencies can be shitty, depending on your size and what you give away. Uh, being able to read a contract and pick apart things is obviously a key and important skill that not everybody has, but like, that's why you get a lawyer uh, to look through it for you. Right. Um, but it is still around today, and there are still corporations and stuff that, that profit off of social media influencers, sometimes for the best, 90% of the time for the worst.
1: It's, uh, it, it, there, there's a lot of predatory practices involved with it, especially with people that do not have the business intelligence that's required to, you know, facilitate through these different things. Um, but if you, if you know what you're doing, if you're talking to the right people, if you have like an actual agent that is helping you with certain deals and stuff, it can be beneficial to be with certain agencies once you're at the size where... They're like, you know, they're putting sponsorship deals in front of you. They're putting partnership deals in front of you. They're giving you, you know, more exposure in different aspects. They're setting up live events. Like, there's there's plenty of those out there that are very, very good if you're at a certain size. Um, but what a lot of people are concerned with this Mr. Beast tweet, and we'll go ahead and get into that, is that some people think that Mr. Beast would be using smaller YouTubers to basically give him another form of passive income.
0: Right. Which I mean, like in a sense, it's kind of what an investment is. Mm -hmm. No one gives you 10 to a hundred thousand dollars out of like kindness. I mean, you know, some people legitimately do. And if you find one of those people, uh, congratulations, you're the luckiest man on earth. (laughs) But like for most people, uh, an investment implies that you are giving money up front in hopes that eventually the profit that you gain back from that will double or even some cases triple, right. which is why people spend a lot of time into this. It's why trends are such a huge thing. Trying to gauge where a person is at, whether or not they're worth that money or if the idea is worth that amount of money. There's a lot of big business decisions that go into that. And, uh, for a channel of any particular size, it can be a big thing to give up even five, 10 or 15%. Um, because you don't know where you'll be. Yeah. I mean, potentially, right? Like you get that hot 10% don't go nowhere, made more money than you ever imagined to and just kind of vibe. There's also the chance that like that 10% could be worth a million dollars or some shit. And it's like, well. Uh, I en- I ended up getting the growth I needed, but was it worth it to trade out that much? And obviously this isn't set in stone yet. This is not even a thing that has any legal document associated with it, but be assured if man's dropping that kind of money, there's some paperwork involved so that he didn't feel like he wasted that much. And rightfully so.
1: I agree. Uh, one of the things that I kind of would like to do at some point in the future, I've kind of mentioned like, You know, I have the whole Zack Snyder Productions brand, which is kind of encapsulates all the different projects that I do. But I would love one day to turn that into a production company like 20, 30, 40 years from now. Right. And uh, one of the things that I want to do is invest in smaller creators. I think it would be awesome if I could find people like me, like Aiden, like people in our friend group who are smaller creators, who like all they need is a financial incentive and the 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 ability to just go all in on their projects and like give them a year or two and they could, you know, soar. And by giving them a little bit of money to help them along in that early part, it makes that early part so much easier um if they have the talent and the work ethic, right? right. So
0: And I think I talk to you not terribly long ago when you had brought up that idea to me and we were talking goals and ambitions and I had kind of asked the basic question of like, okay, well, if you were that investor and had that money, what would be like sort of the things you, you'd look for? Mm-hmm. Right? What would be some of the things you would try to evaluate? Because I, I don't know. It's hard to evaluate my own content on a day to day basis. Like I don't know my net worth and I don't really for a lot of other YouTubers so I'm interested, at least for the podcast perspective, and you don't have to go terribly in depth if you don't want to, uh, but like what, let's say you were in Mr. Beast's position, what would be some things you would look for uh, to, to lead you to deciding on that financial amount to invest or not invest?
1: I think for me personally, I would be looking for someone who's done YouTube for a you know, a certain amount of time. Anywhere from a couple to to a few years, I feel like, is a pretty solid standpoint. I'm looking for somebody who's, you know, created more than just a few videos, obviously. Um, Somebody who's created 100 plus videos, I think, is a good, you know, starting point to show that they're really dedicated to what they're doing. And then I'm looking for somebody that has, like not only the, the, the creative talent, right? Because there is some talent aspects there. You want the content to be good that you're investing in. Uh, right. but, but also some noticeable, hey, if they had this particular equipment, it would push them up to the next level. Hey, if they are able to do this many videos a year under whatever restrictions that their life has, then by giving them the financial freedom to just have making videos be their life, you know, you know, their livelihood for a while, then I, I would feel, you know, better spending my money on them because I know that by giving them, you know, like a monthly stipend or a yearly um, stipend or something like that, that they would, they would be using it properly. Right. Right. So, you know, somebody that's, that's mature enough to, and and I would even say that has the business smarts. I would want them asking me questions about, you know, what exactly we're doing in terms of a contract and that kind of stuff. Because, like on on one hand, it'd be cool to find some like eight year old kid who who has a Fortnite channel that has a really good presence and be like, yo, this is you know he could go places. On the other hand, I, I, I don't want to take advantage of somebody, so I want to make sure that they are getting as much out of that as possible.
0: Right. Make it worthwhile, not just from a money perspective. Right. Like the, the resources and advice and the stuff that we talk about here on this podcast, the strategy behind a lot of exactly. it. Exactly. Rather than like the, the down and dirty specifics and technicals that we see so often.
1: Roberto Blake commented on this tweet and said, after I launch a new channel idea that I'm working on, I am interested in a shark tank deal to see what it would look like. And I think 10% equity under the right conditions is more than fair, but I want specifics on the experiment side and the money is not what I care about. So I thought that was interesting because again, like giving somebody $10,000, a hundred thousand dollars, um, you know, depending on their size, I think could go a long way in giving somebody some financial freedom. It would help me. Like you give me a thousand dollars, like that's my living expenses plus more for the next two to three years. Um and I can just focus solely on making videos during that time and hopefully make that money back a lot quicker. Oh uh, you know, by by just doing videos. Um but I would be curious in in terms of you know, what all does he expect from somebody that he would be giving them money? Is he expecting a certain amount of uploads? Is he expecting a certain type of content? Mr. Beast's content is very specific. It's got a feel to it. Does he want the people that he's giving money into to take that creative vision as well? Cause I wouldn't want to do that. Right. Right. So those, those specifics are, are what, um, or what I personally want to hear about as well and a lot of people are concerned about.
0: I'd also wonder, too, from a, a psychological perspective, what that looks like, not only on, on the investment end and, and managing that, like how much do you get involved? how right. How into the details do you go? Do you try to steer them one way or do you let them continue on the road they've been traveling? But I also wonder what that looks like from person being invested in, right? The creative side. How do you go about creating videos with the knowledge and expectation that you are trying to not only grow, but make that money back to make them satisfied as well as yourself? I feel right. like that would bring a lot of creative pressure. And I know a lot of artistic people, myself included, and, and us as well. And uh, we're not exactly the best when it comes to deadlines, when it comes to uh, extrinsic pressures from life and, and other such places, I mean, sure, you'd be able to get financial security through this, but that brings a whole different set of like trying to, to, to manage the new challenges that come with being somebody that's expected to be a success. True. Right? True. Somebody that's expected to grow. Somebody that, if you're the first one, let's say... That has others riding on this, right? If you're the first person to be invested in and you're the guinea pig, the test hamster, and you now have this suddenly great life, well then the pressure is on for you to keep that up. So he feels more obligated to invest in other people and to give other people that same opportunity. And
1: not just Um, Mr. Beast, but other big creators people with money that want to do this long-term, right?
0: Because once it works right for one person, there's no telling what other people will get involved in. And again, we we see this in esports and we see this with bigger platforms, but not terribly much just from creative YouTubers making stuff that are not trying to be on a competitive team or do anything other Mm -hmm. than make interesting content. Um, So I I just wonder from a psychological perspective what that does to a person, given all that money. I've...
1: uh... I followed two channels in the past couple of years that have gotten similar monetary resources. Um, one guy got the Adobe creative residency program back in 2019, I believe. And then the uh, one girl got the Patreon, uh, what do they call it? It's the, it, it, We can say it's a residency, too. Uh, they, they both handled things differently. Adobe was much more involved. They were like, hey, we need to see progress on your project. Uh, we're going to fly you out to these different meetings so you can meet these different people. You have the opportunity to be involved in bigger projects that we give you. Um, and then Patreon was very much more hands off and it's just like here's $50,000 we're going to give it to you in 12 different stipends throughout the year um it, you can do whatever you need to do with it um mm. and and through both both instances i saw the creator handle it both very well but in different ways um for for instance the the guy with the adobe creative residency he had worked with Gary Vaynerchuk for for a couple of years so he was right i remember right he was kind of used to this like you know hustle work a lot create content a lot um and yet i didn't see as much content come from him throughout the last throughout that year which i thought was interesting um and then the girl with the patreon scholarship she ended up getting her friends involved with her ch- with her main channel, and they ended up starting to put out weekly content. So I thought that was kind of interesting as well.
0: Um, sort of working at it from the quantity angle of like getting more of more content out. Right.
1: All this to say that I think the type of people that Mr. Beast is going to be looking for and the type of people that would be invested in for something like this. Would be the people that would be able to handle it well i i i I think that that's something that you can kind of judge character wise based on their previous content based on just talking to somebody um, you know whether or not they'd be able to you know cer- certain people have a passion for this that is unmatched, and they were gonna try to put in that amount of work no matter what right so it is um I think that financial freedom is something that we talk about theoretically. But, like, if tomorrow you were given the money to do anything creatively for the next year, like... Like, that'd be amazing to me, personally. It would would mean a world of differences compared to what I'm doing now.
0: But it's not like... And I guess this is where I disagree a little bit. It's like, but those responsibilities don't go away. It just changes to something with a lot more, personally, pressure on my end to succeed based on, oh, I'm apparently worth $10,000, but I haven't proven it yet. Yeah. Like, what that means, right? Like, we talk a lot on the podcast, for example, whether it was the Monster Cat deal or or people who go through sub for sub or, or botting and stuff people getting this sort of success sometimes overnight haven't really worked for it and earned it yet. Get an opportunity like that where they haven't necessarily proven themselves in any meaningful way. And I feel like if you are going to a small YouTuber, you're not going to have a whole lot of case studies and examples to point at Mm -hmm. other than their content and what their scope is. And scope doesn't necessarily mean good content or bad. content. Scope can mean a variety of things. Is it more valuable to pay money to a movie reviewer than a travel vlog? Well, the travel vlog can get you more B-roll and have life advice, but maybe the movie reviewer is more topical. Which one of those genres plays out more long-term, the personality behind it? I, I still think there's a tremendous pressure, at least from my end, if I was put in that scenario, I'd feel a tremendous pressure and maybe even potentially guilt if I wasn't able to even live up to half of that. Right. Um, That's fair. Even if it wasn't my fault, even if I put in the work, even if I made these vast improvements and spent the money on equipment, there would be improvement for sure. But in the same way, like if I got a thousand subscribers by tomorrow, I would not be properly prepared to deal with that success. And I don't know that a lot of YouTubers would be able to, and I don't know necessarily how well you could be able to judge that given the small sample size and how small a lot of these YouTubers he's looking for is. It would
1: it, it would definitely be a case by case basis, right? Certain certain people are would be able to handle it better than others and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of unknown factors for sure. And so I I do agree with you. I mean there there is definitely a psychological angle to it. Um I don't know if personally that would affect me as much as it sounds like it would affect you. Um, Right. But like, who knows?
0: What's to say? What's to say that didn't happen here? Right. Yeah. Like we know each other, but we don't necessarily know what that looks like for some random Joe who reviews movies in his parents' house and hasn't really been put in a scenario like that before. Yeah. Some people rise to the occasion for sure. There are definitely people who are built that way. But I don't know. I think about people with a more shy personality. I think about people who really just love their their tight-knit community. People who are really good at one specific niche, but maybe aren't business-oriented a lot of the time. Like, being a YouTuber, when you really get down to the base qualifications, are not that terribly high. And I think what that means for a lot of people is you get a huge variation in the type of content creators you get on the platform. This is true. Some of them would, would benefit totally from this. Others, like, I I don't know what that, I don't know what that looks like.
1: I I think we also have to look at, like, this is Mr. Beast, a guy who is so energetic, so in your face with his content. Um, Very much like, he might not be extroverted in person, but in his content, he's putting out extroverted content, if that makes sense. I agree. Um, I agree. He's probably gonna be looking for people that exhibit a same, you know, a, the same kind of energy, um, whether that be through their personality or their content or their internet presence, um, whatever that may mean. I, I doubt he's gonna find some movie reviewer that is like two hundred subs. That's very quiet, very interpersonal, very into their own kind of you know, space and be like, here's $10,000. Here's a hundred thousand dollars. I'm not saying it couldn't happen. I'm just saying, you'd be wild. That I, I, I doubt that would be the type of person that he's looking for in this kind of thing.
0: Which I think brings me back to like, when I asked you that question of what type of shit would you look for? Right. Mm. Because I think there's so many different angles you could take it from, whether it's consistency, whether it's personality, I think genre again plays a lot. Yeah. I definitely have a disposition. If somebody would have come up with me with a with a concept of a Let's Play channel compared to some type of video essay stuff, and that's not that like, that's not that I don't think both could succeed business wise. But if push comes to shove and the qualifications are the same, probably picking the video essay yeah. guy, regardless yeah, of what like I feel wouldn't... that way.
1: I wouldn't even you know? second guess, like, looking at a Let's Play channel. Like, if I was Mr. Beast and I put out this tweet and I saw somebody be like, hey, here's my Let's Play channel, like, I just would not even look at it. I honestly wouldn't. I don't think that that is a... Um, not only is it not a avenue that I feel like I could help that person become, you know, big with and give them, you know... I, and not only do i think it's a waste of money but there are like hundreds of other people's doing doing the exact same thing right right so you know it's it genre definitely plays a big part in it um personalities play a big part in it and i think that if you are the type of person that's looking to invest in channels uh i i feel like the the two main ways to do it is either Find somebody that you've already been watching and you're like, I really like this person. I see a lot of potential and uh, I I think that they could grow if they had some financial freedom. Uh, and the the other way would be like putting out a tweet and being like, hey, I'm looking for people. And then just kind of skimming through and seeing somebody that you find has the potential of what you're looking for.
0: Kind of facilitate a lot of the responses and see what comes up on one end or another yeah
1: for sure Hmm.
0: a lot of interesting shit i don't know if i could do it from if i had the money yeah would i be able to make those those really like good judge a character calls on somebody like that um just because i'm so early in the process right Right. i don't know I don't know what my success looks like, so I, I couldn't even imagine trying to do that for other people. Some people are more built for that, though, 100%. Some people are definitely, like, more business-oriented. Some people probably wouldn't have the biases I would to begin with. Uh, others might be more experimental and risky in the type of creators and genre they, they sign on for and just throw money out and, s- and see what the what the fuck happens. Right. Throw some darts at a wall and uh, and see. Um so I don't I don't know. Uh I, I guess I guess a question I wanna ask you specifically, um we've talked about it from from the investment angle and how Mr. Beast is planning about going about this, but how do you think if you're you're a content creator and you even see a tweet like this, how do you find your own net worth to even like estimate if you're in the ballpark of Tweets like this or investment opportunities.
1: That's a good ass question.
0: I don't know either. Um, We're just going to spitball here. Like, I don't, I don't know what that, that looks like. I I can,
1: I can only go at this from my own perspective. Right. And uh, like, this isn't the first thing that I threw my hat into in terms of getting a lump sum of money over, over a period of time to make content. Like I said, like I've, I've, applied to the Adobe creative residency for two years straight. I applied for the, uh, Patreon, uh, sponsorship thing last year. Uh, like I've, you know, I've, I've put myself out there to edit for a lot of bigger creators that didn't go anywhere. So there's like, I, I feel like personally that I'm in the place that if given the resources and the opportunity that I could move from this step to the next within a year. Uh, but I, I only, I only feel that way because I've been doing YouTube for almost 10 years. Right. It has been such a journey in finding my voice, finding the content that I want to make, finding the genre and the types of content, you know, the types of topics that I can come up with. Um, Spending so much time doing this already for free that it's like I, it, it's hard for me to say somebody that's been doing YouTube for a year would, would feel a hundred percent confident in asking for, you know, money for what they're doing. Right.
0: Right. Um, and but I think that's, that's more self-worth, right. That's building yeah. the skills. Yeah, I that's so. building the confidence. I'm talking point blank. How much your channel worth today? Right, the monetary amount. Like, what what would you say for your everyday nerd? Like, what would be the 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 price tag you would think the channel is worth? And if you can't come up with the hundred percent, like, what it, what it, what does at least ten percent look like? Right. What's
1: like? I mean, this brings me into a, a a question that I'm I'm gonna ask after this, but like,
0: yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm I'm down to go back and yeah, forth. yeah. I'm so
1: so out. Ross O'Donovan, Rubber Ninja. Of, of game grab screen yeah. and stuff. He had commented on here saying, honestly, interesting MCNs once did something like this for channels who brought in talent. Um, go to his next tweet. He says actual question though, would you be looking to take a cut off of just the YouTube revenue? Or would that include external stream revenue, brand deal revenue and other revenue sources? So what my question is like, as far as your everyday nerd goes, if I had right. the um, the financial freedom to just do Your Everyday Nerd and like Twitch streams and then, you know, running like Twitter, Instagram and this podcast. Let's say I just did that. Um, okay. I feel like in a year, if that was my entire responsibility, I could get to a place where Your Everyday Nerd was bringing in. Like forty to fifty thousand dollars a year.
0: Forty to fifty thousand. Yeah,
1: that is through. If you had a year in a year, I think so. In a year, okay. That is through. Interesting. YouTube ad revenue. That is through finding sponsorships. That is through streaming getting that revenue. That's through Patreon. Um, the big one is sponsorships. I think that once right. once your everyday nerd gets to like ten thousand to fifty thousand subscribers then I can reach out to certain companies and I can do the right brand deals that would give me a monthly reoccurring payment from them. Um, and that would be the majority of the uh, the income sources.
0: You can go the affiliate route too. Yeah, affiliate
1: as well. Yeah, absolutely.
0: There's a lot of different places you could take it for sure. But forty to $50,000 in a year.
1: Yeah, and then going into like year 2, like once it once that channel reaches like 100,000 subs, I think it would not be crazy to say that given 2 to 3 years at that point, it could be getting six figures a year.
0: Ooh. That's interesting. Well, I know I keep asking questions. Eventually I'm going to have to answer the same <laughs> ones. But uh final final follow up. Mm-hmm is that with the assumption that it continues to grow? Or if you stayed stagnant forever and ever after that first year, six figures would still be relevant because you are now at that current size. I think... Like, is it with the promise guaranteed that you're not really paying for the $100,000 YouTuber Zach Everyday Snyder? Right. You're paying for the promise that it'll get to this number and then that'll be worth way less than... You would have had to have paid once I got bigger,
1: right? You know? um, I mean, obviously there'd be questions in terms of. Let's say he decided to give a hundred thousand dollars, like, and then I had to like show up. You know, I had to give him ten percent for, you know, the next couple of years or whatever. I I would be wondering. I'd be wanting to know how long does he want ten percent from me? How is he going to be frequently paying into it, or is it just going to be a one? like payment type thing. Um, Like I would, I would want to know those questions for sure before I guide anything like this. Right. Uh, But, but like the, the thing that I see with medium sized YouTube channels, thinking of your everyday nerd as going into a, you know, going into that medium sized YouTube channel range. uh, Some of the, highest paid youtubers in those spaces are doing the right business practices to still get like five to six figures a year things like um mm-hmm. i am I'm, I'm thinking a lot of like front page tech uh the the news right. show which he doesn't even post that often, which is insane, but like he makes six figures a year. He's got 300 K subscribers now, and that's grown from like hundred K in the last two years. Um, but he was making like five to six figures at like 50 K subs because he was in the tech space. He was getting sponsors to come in. His, his viewers were watching it. He was getting some affiliate deals from it. And by selling these kind of packages of sponsorship deals being like, Hey, uh, he had an E sponsor, which was pretty funny. But apparently, <laughs> it did him really well. Um, but he would be like, "Hey, E Harmony, uh, I want you to pay me like twenty thousand dollars, and you can get an ad spot in like every video for the next five months." They'd be like, "Yeah, I can do that." Wow! Because they That's spend true. a lot more money on TV ads and web ads and all these kind of things. That it's like influencer marketing works so much better than any of that, that it's still super underpriced. But if you know what you're doing, if you know how to talk to these companies, right. um, And get those deals going. Like you could be making a lot more money as a smaller YouTuber than a lot of bigger YouTubers are are doing now.
0: Depending on your strategy. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And I, I would, I would get an agent like either, either Mr. Beast needs to be finding me. People to sponsor my show, or I would be paying somebody else a percentage yeah. of those sponsorship deals to do that for me. That way I don't have to handle all the nitty-gritty business parts as as
0: much. You can just work on making stuff. Exactly. Hmm.
1: Hopefully all that makes sense.
0: shit. Yeah, well, I'm sure people at home are, are digesting this as much as I am, personally. Yeah. Because I don't even... I don't even in my perspective, don't even really know how to answer a question like that Mm. because I totally view blue couch productions and all my creative stuff, uh, from, from the angle of what it's worth to me personally. For sure. And I know what, what I would want for it, uh, because I make it and I like it, but I couldn't even begin to, to, to try to put a price tag on, on what that looks like for me now, what that would look like in a year, how much that would be worth in 10 years and and whether or not I'd be able to to grow with the with that much resources to be I don't you know, that's I've fair. never that's fair. I've never really uh thought about it. So I guess it was just interesting from your perspective because you clearly have in one form or another. Uh yeah. especially given the fact that you are freelancing now. That kinda gets me ideas stirring of being like, Oh, well Zach's worth this amount, then I can kinda guesstimate off of that what that would look like for me at my size. And then being like, okay, well from that, where would I be at in one year, particularly if I had no limitations and I can kind of start to fill in some blanks with that information.
1: Definitely. It's uh, I mean, I obviously don't know everything that I'm talking about. A lot of this is still just kind of like, you know, wishing that, that hopefully one day this stuff will happen. But I, I think there is a, a large part of me that's, you know, I've consumed so much business content at this point, so much advice content, and I've worked with like bigger creators, um, actual corporations, actual entrepreneurs to the point where it's like, like, I get it. Like, I get the steps that to take to make the money, the the, this, the, the bridge that has to be built is creating enough content, the right amount of content, you know, the right type of content and stuff to get from hobbyists to actually getting paid. Cause once you get right. that bridge bill and you have enough exposure on the, the different platforms, then like getting the money part isn't as hard as it, as it sounds like it would be.
0: That's phase two. Right.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Which is like why I talked about last episode. Like when I think about 2021 and going forward with your everyday nerd, like at my pace now, without any outside resources, I'm not expe- expecting phase two stuff to happen for another five years. Just because I don't know how much content specifically I need to make to get enough eyes on the channel to get it to that 10,000, 50,000, 100,000 subscriber mark that, that, you know, has a- enough viewers, enough eyeballs to um, to actually monetize it in a proper way. I don't know how long that's gonna take, uh, but I think that if I had the financial, um, the financial freedom, that I could just wake up every day and instead of being like, let me go check what these clients said, let me go edit these these different videos for people, um, like I would I would feel so much better, just stopping playing games for fun, stop watching as many movies, stop reading books or whatever for fun. And just being like, all right, I'm up. Time to work on yen. because it's because I know it's like a. Not only am I riding on it, no, not only is that so important at that point, it's an actual priority. But like, it's a, it'd be exciting,
0: right? Like, right.
1: Like right. I I I know what to do now. I know I know the exact thing that, that I need that, to do.
0: That kind of money, you were talking like team. We're talking. The resources you need, the equipment, any dumbass Adobe certification or masterclass to to pick up any information that you would want. I can
1: spend 20% of my time learning new things. I can spend the other 80% uh, just working on stuff. Like We're hiring editors. We're hiring people to help me with SEO. I'm hiring an agent for freaking um, sponsorship deals. I'm getting a vehicle. I'm going around town after COVID, of course, and filming wacky shit wherever the hell I want. Like, there's, the, the the world just opens up when you have money. and Like, I've had no money for so long in my life that it's like, once I get there, shit could be wild. But, um, I mean, you know, like you said earlier, there is that aspect that, Even I would still be a little worried about like, is this, is having that much pressure on you going to cause you to fall into a deeper depression? Or are you going to feel disappointed no matter how much work you do, right? Like those are still things I worry about in the back of my mind, but it's something that I've wanted for so long. And I'm like, bro, please, Mr. Beast, give me money,
0: Give me money, Mr. Beast. If you're yeah. listening to the podcast, that's,
1: that's the thing. That's why I'm gonna name the episode. I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> Mr. Beast, give me give money. Me. I think that like could it. really, that could really work out. I'm sure he didn't get requests like that every day. Right. So, interesting. <laughs> sure well, those were all good. the <laughs> the uh, the major questions. I guess I had for you. If you had any to throw back at me, regardless, if you wanted to know how I thought about this or that, feel free. Because I feel like I've I've definitely bombarded you with with shit. Yeah, no. And that's I already cool. kind of knew about, to be fair, and just wanted the podcast listeners to definitely. hear some of it I I hadn't heard before. So I'm getting a little bit of both here.
1: How do you How do you personally feel like you would handle it if you had the opportunity for something like this?
0: Oh man, good lord! At at that point, right? Ten k, a hundred k. Uh, I mean, I'd like. I'm probably not the type of person that would be so self-confident in myself to make that happen. Mm-hmm. But shit, at 10K, I know people like you and and, and Jay and, and others could most certainly get me at least 50% of the way there. Right? That's fair. Yeah. So I'd have no issue trying to like move down there to make that happen, right. to be like, hey, this opportunity only comes around once. Fuck if I'm only going to use it for me like a good portion of it most certainly Agreed. will be, but like that makes the the opportunity to grow all two or three or four of us potentially up at the same time with the exact same resources that we could share and pool and shit like way more likely. Um, so that if I don't reach that plateau, well, Hey, I brought everybody up along the way. Um, and then, I, and then I'd be doing shit like, Hey, I want to do a video about like fucking uh, nature in video games and some of the the backgrounds and shit that put me in a serene state. Now, it'd be one thing if I filmed said video in in my house by by a TV or whatever. It would be another thing if I went into the Alaskan wilderness (laughs) and filmed it
1: too. Right.
0: Right? Like, really dumb, crazy shit. Like, I would even, and this is an idea that literally just came to my head, I'd buy two PS5s, some little robot arms that you could remote control, (laughs) put it in a little boxing ring, get me to control one of them. And then you were Jay to control (laughs) another one and have a PS five boxing fight where one of these $500 consoles would break and never would be usable again. The other one would be fucked up beyond repair. And I'd treat it like an actual boxing match. Yeah. Like really, really dumbass, stupid shit like that. That like, you know, worst case scenario, nobody fucking watches it, but it was super fun as hell to make. And I'm like, I made two PS fives beat the shit out of each other. That sounds amazing that sounds wonderful. Uh and then I'd probably put a lot of money just to invest in myself, right? Mm-hmm. It'd be like, all right, well, if I don't feel like I'm going this way, well then I'm getting the best damn teacher to fucking at least tell me how to learn some of this shit and to shorten that gap between the person I want to be and the one I am currently on on a creative front. Um, you know, shit probably probably shit like that. Yeah. Um, Probably shit like that. I get
1: that. you. Like I was made a joke the other night about like doing a video where it's I go to every Greenville city in, in the, the United States, it's like fifteen of them or some shit, like you know. Or I I went to every Taco Bell in my state, just like dumb shit that you couldn't do unless you had the money to put into. It would be really cool for videos, but um. Yeah, there's there's even like the aspect of I don't I currently have a vehicle right now, but I could easily just go film some other shit around my town, if I had that vehicle and had the mobility to just go wherever I wanted, right? Right. Um, there's a there's a lot of a lot of freedom. With that kind of stuff, and, and some people would be like, "Zach, a hundred thousand dollars isn't a lot of money, bro. It's a lot of money." I've lived off of like ten thousand dollars or less for the last two years. That's a lot of money.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, yeah. more right. I could I can live off of barely any of that. Most of it would just go into to um, resources. Some of it I would invest myself just to like make a little bit of extra, you know, passive income off of it. It's just there's just so much so much opportunity in something like that that. Like, I get how some people see it as kind of like a predatory move. Um, One creator that I follow, Thomas Frank, was talking about that he didn't like this because people will fall over themselves to give up equity because they like you. And he's talking about how, like, giving up equity and anything of yours isn't a good idea because if you become profitable, then you're just going to be making them money. But, like... Dude, if I'm, if I'm making so much money from my content that I have to give Mr. Beast like a shit ton of it as well, like, it's like paying taxes. People complain about taxing the rich a lot. and I'm like, dude, you got the money. It's not that big of a deal.
0: Right. As someone who's happy estate, right, the, the peak of where I'd want to be, like, be at, when my life is all said and done, does not require an insane amount of money to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um then fuck if it makes another guy richer for me to be able to reach that goal tenfold and provide for everybody I needed. You know. Sure. Yeah. Have the equity. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. 10%, 5%, whatever. Like maybe if I was a a multimillionaire, right? It was like, you know what? Fuck, I really don't want to be given money to fucking Mr. Beast like I'd, I'd rather buy right. Ninja right like I'd rather have that money for that but it's like I don't see myself becoming a millionaire and and even if I did I wouldn't have that lifestyle to be you know i say yeah. all this yeah. and then it might happen and then I'd be like well actually I do want a Lamborghini
1: and took uh, well, on my it. Gucci boots bro like,
0: the fucking dumbass jacuzzi and like a Gundam and shit like you know like maybe yeah you know, maybe I'd say all that and then be like well actually fuck it I kind of do want to just be stupid rich. But for the most part, like, I wouldn't probably have that millionaire lifestyle. I'd probably just live a little bit better than I am currently to a point where I was happy enough just to be able to create stuff. Yeah. Right? Like, cause that's clearly what drives me or you more. For sure. Is less this financial stuff, but the fact that that financial stuff could lead us to not having to worry about so much other shit.
1: I, I think it's easy for. Certain people, and like I don't want to I don't want to negate any hard work that they did to get to where they are. There is a there are a lot of really big creators that worked extremely hard to get to where they are. I don't believe that a whole lot of it is luck. There might be a minimal amount of luck, but they still worked really hard to get there. So I don't want to negate any of that hard work. But when you have technically made it, when you are living a life where your bills are taken care of and you're, you're a creator. You're creating the things that you want to create. It's hard for me to say that, like, I don't get a little irritated at those people that are like, no, you shouldn't take this deal because it would be, it would mean you're giving up some of your money. It's like, bro, if you don't have this opportunity any other way, if this opportunity money is anybody, the like it exactly. And for me, like money is definitely a thing that would help my life and the people around me tremendously. And it's, it definitely is a goal in my life. Uh, but I, I think of all the other things that I could so much easier, easily do if I had financial freedom. Things like being healthier, paying for like healthy meals every day without worrying about it, breaking the bank. Or having a gym membership, or like I said earlier, having a vehicle that allows me to go to a gym and work out, like, or even just like you know driving to a nice part of the city that I can go walk around with without worrying about getting mugged. Like, you know, there's there's a lot of aspects of, of that that you know people that are much com- more comfortable don't think about, and I I just think of. All of the pros that would come with that and and less of the like, you know, less of the, hey, I can go buy a PS5 now more of the I can go help my parents with their bills and then maybe they could start living their life in a way that's not awful. Right. So, you know, I, I, I think about money a, a decent amount and something that I kind of feel like I've been forced to think of in the last last eight or nine years. um, And I obviously want to make it through creating where I wouldn't be doing it at all. Uh, Not necessarily, but I mean, you know, I wouldn't be forcing myself to live off so little money over the last few years because I want to make it as a career as a creator, right? I just think of, you know, like obviously there would be some stipulations with something like this. And obviously I would want to know you know how much of that equity are you keeping for how long? Is it a lifetime thing? Is it a few years? Again, are you giving reoccurring payments? Um, are you giving me resources that would help me out, or do I need to go look for those other resources myself? I'd want to know how his experiment would run out, but just out of the baseline, like I can give you 10% of nothing right now for 100K, like it might turn into a million at one point that you get back, but that means I've got ten percent of you know ten percent of ten million is one million. That means I got another nine million dollars there, so wouldn't really complain about that personally.
0: <laughs> no, no, not at all. And maybe if I had like more ambitious goals outside of just being comfortable and helping the people around me, I'd be like, Well no, fuck it. I need that other ten million. I wanna I want to build a, like, World Hunger Foundation or some shit. Yeah. Or I want to, like, run for president or some shit. And it's like, yeah, if your goals are that big, then every little bit of money and, and business smarts and decisions count. But it's like, again, like I said earlier, my bar to happiness does not require a ton of money to get there, For sure. You know, For sure. And uh, that's me. That's me, though, right? Like, that's not everybody. Some people want, like, everything. Some people have larger goals in life. Some people... I just want to be rich to be rich, I guess. You know, yeah. like, you, that's somebody. Not me, but that's that's somebody. Um, but I think w- when you go through uh, having just a, a life that wasn't always predicated on having money, when you finally do get it, it's not going to be the type of thing where it's like, oh man, now I feel an obligation to grow this too. 100 million. I want to be a fucking billionaire by the time. Right. Like I don't right. I don't care, right? Like I don't I don't care that much. And again, we'll see how that actually works if I do end up. Will I actually walk that walk, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh. But that's so far in the future to judge now. I can only give you the perspective of me right now on December 2nd, 2020, who has never even had a modicum of money given to them for, for anything creative. So like a thousand dollars would probably still mean a lot. Yeah. Regardless. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't have that perspective that somebody in his forties, who's a self-made millionaire and who has all these different ambitions would feel right. Like maybe they feel totally different. Um, I know at the end of the day, though, like it is a business decision. It's important to be smart. It's important to get a lawyer to look over contracts like this. It's important not to give up too much if you enjoy creating that much uh, to potentially ruin your whole likelihood or career of ever doing it again. Um, 100%, what we're saying is be smart if you are put into a situation like that to begin with, whether it's Mr. Beast or some big company calling you up. Um, be smart with it 100%. But it's also like, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot that, that goes into it. There's a... Uh, my, my especially depending on your background.
1: Agreed. My big couple of takeaways from a discussion like this that has nothing to do with Mr. Beast and has nothing to do with getting money from anybody is that, number one, like define your definition of success. Everybody's yeah. version of success is entirely different. For, for various different reasons, and you need to know exactly what that looks for you. Um, and any version of that is a positive as long as you are happy. If it means you need money, if it means you want money, if it means you want to be rich, as long as being happy is a part of that definition of success, then that's fine. Because if at any point your happiness dwindles and you're making more money, then that means you got to rebalance the book somewhere. The, the other big takeaway for me is to educate yourself about the business practices of becoming a creator in 2020, 2021 and beyond. Um, if that is something that you want to pursue in the long run, because a lot of creators create content and they say, I want to be successful with this. I want to go somewhere with this, but they don't know anything about the business side of it. And
0: they don't know where they want
1: to go. Exactly. And, and that's super important. Not only will it like help you when you end up in situations where that business knowledge is important, but it might actually help you get closer to some, some bigger goals and help you kind of figure some weak, some weaknesses that you might have now.
0: Yeah. And I think even if you have YouTube as a hobby and aren't even planning on making a modicum of of income or success or anything. Uh, If you do get put into that situation where somebody gives you an offer, it is more than a good idea to know whether or not offers like that are worth it if it comes across, right? right? Even if you never plan to make an ounce of money or run it into a business, if you get successful to the point where offers like that start coming through the door, knowing why they are there, Knowing how they are done, knowing what it looks like if you accept or decline is powerful insight to have. To give you the confidence to go either one way or another and be like, no, I don't want it, or, or yes, I do want it because of blank, because of this, that doing this deal will lead me to this amount of money to get to this goal so on and et cetera. And you know, you don't have to have things thought out 20 or 30 years ahead. God knows I don't. For sure. Um, like that's way too far. I'm taking this shit a day at a time, a lot of no. the time. Uh, but getting knowledge and learning about that stuff is not going to be a hindrance, whether you're small or big. Getting the knowledge to know the, these type of details, whether you're a hobbyist or a professional, someone looking for more, looking for less, being knowledgeable about it's a good idea. It doesn't cost you anything. I agree.
1: And then, like Aiden said, get a lawyer. Like, if you really need to, get a lawyer. Because that'll help you figure out whether or not it's something that's that's worth your time, your energy, and your money. You know?
0: I was watching a a Devin Nash stream. And he kind of runs like an agency similar to this. He's the YouTube lawyer, and right? He, he no. Else? No, you're thinking of someone else. You're thinking of someone else. Okay. But he was offering this creator a contract of some kind and you know, they ended up signing it or whatever. And he's like, Hey, did you ask a lawyer to go over this? And they're like, no. And he was obviously like, well, why, why'd you do that? That's, that's a horrible idea. And and literally the the dude's response was, well, I don't want to make anybody feel bad. I don't want to make you feel bad or act like I'm not interested in the deal. And he's like, people like me are literally out to screw you over, right? Mm-hmm. In a lot of cases, in a lot of agencies' cases, they are trying to make a profit. If you are not putting in the due diligence to find out whether or not you are being screwed, that's that's a bad call every time. Like, fuck my feelings. Go and get a lawyer for yourself, even if it makes me less money, because that's the right call to make. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, even if it costs you money, even if a bit of profits go into it, the amount of money you will spend now will be so much smaller compared to the twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 you might have to spend to get out of it if you don't like it. Like, pay that investment up front, especially if you don't know any better, and especially if you're getting into a contract. Like, fuck who cares on the other end. Fuck how much money it's going to cost. It is, nine times out of ten, always worth it. Yeah, if... Get you a lawyer. If I
1: was a Mr. Beast type, and I was trying to, you know... In, invest in some some social media influencers. Like, I would want them to be a one hundred percent in and confident in the deal that we're making. I don't want them to feel eighty percent in. I don't want them to feel sixty percent in. I don't want to screw them over. I want them to be happy about the opportunity that they that they're getting. But I want them to also, you know, yeah, I want them to be happy about it, right? Like, I would feel like an awful human being, and I feel like the way Mr. Beast. His persona and his, his act of giving away large amounts of money to different people. I feel like overall, he seems like a good guy. Don't know him personally. But I feel like he would want the same too. Like Make sure that you're getting as much out of that deal as they would be getting out of it. Because at the end of the day, all they would be doing was, was giving you money, which they already had. And maybe helping you with some resources. You would still be doing a lot of the hard work. To make that stuff happen.
0: Yeah. 100%. And that's the other thing I'll, I'll put out there because we had mentioned it a couple episodes ago. And uh, we're kind of going the other way with this. But like I said two episodes back, you make your own success, right? Mm-hmm. And even in this case where someone pays you 10000 a $100,000 or you're signed on to a network or you're given the opportunity to make money, or you have an agent or someone out there getting you these brand deals and getting the opportunities, that's one thing. But all of that is predicated on how much work you put up front and how much work you put in to maintain that atmosphere, to maintain these deals, maintain that sponsorship, uh, sign into that contract or get out of it right? Like these are opportunities, great opportunities and things that could definitely propel you forward. I mean, none of us make it a hundred percent by ourselves. There's always this aspect of of teamwork and, and getting other people involved. But Mm -hmm. like at the end of the day, your success is your success. $10,000 or $20,000 be damned. If you were not willing to put in the work to get there, that amount of money ain't going to give you shit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think like, like I mean, there's there's a certain amount of things that money can get, but uh, it it can't buy hard work. Like you still gotta do the work, you know. And even even thinking back to like my own position, how I said earlier, like I would I would hire editors and I would hire people to help me with SEO and all that kind of stuff. Like, dude, it, it's it's insane how much of the editing I would still be doing on my own. Right? It's insane how much of it. like I would still be doing hundred percent of the scripting. I'd still be doing hundred percent of the recording myself unless I had like a studio that I could hire somebody to help me record, because that would that would be dull. But like I would still be doing like 90% of the <laughs> editing. And there's you're still the manager, yeah, right?
0: Exactly. You're still the, the bottom line. You were still even with a talented team of 30 or 40 people that you can delegate shit to, you are still the bottom line of whether this is a good product, a bad product, whether it goes out or whether you decide to scrap it all. You are that sole arbiter or you and your friend are, if you're in a duo channel or the group or, or whatever, like you're only going to get however much you put into it. And in the same way that we talked about, well, like what would happen if you got a million subscribers overnight? Would you have the work ethic to continue to, to put it forward? The same thing can, can a hundred percent be applied here. Uh, that can be luck. That can be uh, an incredible thing that stops on your door. That might not, for a lot of other people, but the people who are legitimately passionate and work hard are going to get there regardless, no matter if they have an offer or a money amount. Agreed. You know, it just might take more time. Yep. <laughs> it just might take more time. Yep. that That's it. You know, if Mr. B says no to, to me and Zach and the tens of thousands of other people <laughs> who also, you know, asked him, that's, that's fine. Because yeah. at the end of the day, like, we're still all going down the same road. 99% of us are going to be without that money you just still have to work to get there, believe it or not, <laughs> You know, like whether you have it or don't. It,
1: it, yeah. Yeah. That'll be like, kind of like the last thing that I'll, I'll leave off here is that, you know, it's I've, I've been said no to on multiple opportunities like this. I'm sure there'll be more that I will apply for or reply to, or um, even possibly get offered and still get denied. And it's like, that's fine. If it takes me another 10 years to get where I want to be or even get close to where I want to be, I'm okay with that. And you got to be okay with that if that's something, if if becoming a creator as a career is something you want to do. Because it is a career. It's not a job. It's something that you have to facilitate and work up to so that you can, like we said earlier, get that definition of success for yourself.
0: Yep. Got to have the goal in mind, you know at least a version of it or the steps to get you to where you can reach that point, you know, and being okay with the, the very real possibility. Cause it happens to a lot of people that you might not get there for a very long time. You know, you get there tomorrow, but you could also get there five years, 10 years. Agreed. agree. You and know, you might be successful at the thing you're not even working on currently. Yeah. It happens. We hear it all the time, right? Like, the only thing that gives you more shots, the only thing that, that can give you more opportunities to hit that home run is by coming up to the plate each time and missing a thousand different times. Yup. Till the one time it fucking hit.
1: Dude, I'd be losing so much in Fortnite, but eventually I win and I'm like, couldn't got here without those losses. Unless yeah. I just do nothing the entire match. Maybe this wasn't a good analogy. Get it for free anyway. You know, <laughs> maybe bringing it back to Fortnite wasn't a good idea. But it's, it's fine.
0: <laughs> Fortnite's very luck-based. You know? Yeah. There's a lot of shit that's just out of your control. There's <laughs> so
1: much of it. Is. It's
0: like you never oh, know man. if you're just going to be handed the epic shotgun. Yeah. Or if you just get like, "LOL," here's a sniper rifle with two bullets, like half on. But it's those,
1: it's those Thanks like minute time. to minute moments that count a lot of times. Like you yeah. usually lose because you don't, you're not good enough. And I think that you get ran over by a whip. Well, yeah. There's, there's that luck, I guess. Yeah. Again, maybe it's <laughs> not a good analogy. <laughs>
0: I'm convinced you can always find some way to tie back a life event to Fortnite. You're just not trying hard enough to get we, there. We're, you
1: know, we're changing fun. the podcast to another Fortnite podcast. Get hyped. It's happening. Fortnite game. 2021.
0: Let's go. What do you guys think about yeah. this Mr. Beast tweet? If someone offered you $10,000 to go make content full time, what the fuck would you do with it? And if you're looking at it from the investor side, what would you look for in another creator if you had that type of money? I'd be interested in hearing responses from both perspectives, whether you were the person getting invested in or you were the investor. Let us know your thoughts in the YouTube comments below or at our email, anotherytpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. We'll read the email. We'll read the responses. We'll read whatever you have to say unless you shit on Fortnite again and we're not fucking reading your comments.
1: That's right, Cal. That's right. I'm calling your ass out. Damn. Damn. Talking about League of Legends is like four or nine. I'm like, maybe you got a point, but I don't care. I don't play League. Ugh. I'm Angie.
0: Sack Angie. Sack <laughs> Angie, bro. Look what you made him do.
1: <laughs> no, nah, but, but, but seriously, him. I am. We we are definitely interested in hearing what you guys have to say about this. I feel like it's gonna create either a lot of comments or none. So I'm high either way. Ooh,
0: flip a coin. It'll bro. Be, it'll be epic. <laughs> we're probably, if I had to guess, if I had to guess, if people actually listen to the episode and get this way through, we're either going to get the comment. That's like, well, you shouldn't really consider YouTube as a business anyway, because there's so much luck that goes into yeah. it regardless. And that you should really just treat it like a hobby and hope for the best. Or we're going to get the We're going to get the real business minded, crazy, like, I've thought ten years in advance and know every video I need to make to get to that point. And actually, here's why this deal is secretly genius or secretly stupid, depending. <laughs> uh, and I, like, leave this long thread about like why they they think one way or the other, and uh, be like, "Wow, Mom, man's man's really typed all this out." <laughs> now, what is this Reddit? <laughs> this is not your Reddit moderator, like you know. But that's that's what I think. This is going to be one of those two camps. People who are either beyond super serious or people who think that YouTube is essentially gambling and you're just fucking rolling uh, dice to try to reach 21. I don't know how how blackjack works. Just (laughs) slots. People who think YouTube is slots. Here's my analogy.
1: Fair enough.
0: You get me, right? That makes sense. Somewhat. That's what I think. I agree.
1: It's gonna be interesting. I think we're, I think we're good. I think we're gonna, heck yeah, end it here. So I've been Zach,
0: and I've been Aiden.
1: And thank you for listening to this episode of another YouTube podcast,
0: Aquaman.